0: Albert Here at Madison Cube Garden, where the Harlem Globetrotters take on a squad of atomic supermen in what promises to be a by-the-numbers athletic contest with no surprises whatsoever.
1: Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about season three, episode 14, Time Keeps on Slipping.
0: So you know, you know one of the things that really makes me mad? It's when my my sports teams lose in humiliating fashion.
1: I, well, you like a lot of bad sports teams. I sure do. So it happens a lot.
0: Well, first off, thank you. <laughs> uh, second off, it's just the worst, right? You, you, you're you up 35 in the last two minutes, and then you lose 244 to 80. And it happens to the best of us. It sure does. And you don't remember what happened. It's all just wonderfully disappointing.
1: Just like this podcast. So, <laughs> Hey, sometimes the opening bits work, and sometimes they don't. So what you're saying is you're having some problems with your bits, and moving on. <laughs> Not gonna yes and about your bits. I'm gonna no, 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 no. So
0: we start the episode of Futurama. At, just moving uh, on by. <laughs> just
1: it's gonna just gonna wh- keep on moving. Note to self: How to make intros go faster. Make fun of Mike's <laughs> sports teams. Talk about problems with his bits. And then we're we're in this it's been we've been recording for less than two minutes right now and like we're actually getting to the episode. I think the thing we should talk about more than is
0: getting to the episode. Let's talk about that. All right. Hit me with that. Uh, so we start the future episode at Central Park Lake. Uh, there's a body dumping sign up sheet. That seems to have a I, lot of signups. I missed
1: that. That's great. It's like right below the
0: sign. It's it's got a decent amount of signups.
1: Nice. Okay.
0: Well, I'm mean, not, not. I don't know if nice is. Well, the no. Right.
1: The joke is good, and it's a joke <laughs> that I've I've always missed. So that's true. That's why I'm saying it's. I don't. I do not condone dumping bodies in lakes. A controversial stance, nonetheless. <laughs> um, the crew is enjoying a bit of a picnic day.
0: Uh, Hermes is playing frisbee with Doctor Zoidberg, who who catches it and eats it.
1: So I, re- I wrote in my... I didn't even consider the idea of them playing catch. I wrote <laughs> Hermes and Zoidberg are playing fetch because that seems more like a Zoidberg thing.
0: Like like playing fetch with a dog or something. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Because he acts like a, a pet Zoidberg the a pet. lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. No, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, Fry comes up to Leela and suggests a, a romantic ride in a swan boat. Leela <laughs> points out that it, they're not swan boats. They're actually swans. That explains the boat eggs that Fry has.
1: I like the idea that you might consider that new boats come from eggs, or just that boats have eggs, (laughs) Yeah, or...
0: It's a betrayal of of the boat life cycle, I think.
1: The circle of boats. I just want to see the thought process, like a, a flow chart in Fry's head that's like, Swan Boat has eggs therefore boat eggs like what mystery parts in the middle are we or are there mystery parts in the middle he could just be like oh no boats have eggs done
0: yeah well remember he's got a special kind of brain he's cobbled together there
1: that's true so while he's talking about boat eggs aliens invade
0: <laughs> so a ufo lands in the park and uh a group of humanoid uh harlem globetrotters come out i was i'm not even gonna they're, they're the harlem globetrotters. straight
1: up harlem globetrotters yeah but they came from the globetrotter homeworld and they're like for no reason we challenge you to defend your honor on the basketball court there's nothing at stake and no threat beyond the shame of defeat
0: <laughs> that ethan bubblegum tate the captain of the uh the harlem globetrotters uh issues that challenge
1: um so I like I like from how from this point up until the end of the basketball game, which we will get to, everybody on Earth is just like this is some real stakes. Like <laughs> we gotta win this basketball game. Like it's a huge deal for some reason and I love it. Well they're gonna talk jazz about our mamas. It's true. I mean you don't want that. You don't want the no entire rest that. of the universe making fun of you for losing at basketball.
0: Exactly. That's why you gotta win the basketball games. So the professor is incensed and accepts their challenge. The Globetars are la- basically laughing at him because this old man has decided to accept the challenge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> something I've never noticed before, that um or something I've never really taken note of, I'm sure I've noticed it, but uh, the shot where he's challenging them, like Professor Farnsworth is like, Two feet shorter than the yeah. Globetrotters, like he's just so tiny compared. And he's <laughs> yeah, he's standing up for Earth. Like we will take you on.
0: Uh, the professor decides to create mutant suit atomic Superman to to defeat them.
1: So yeah, back at Planet Express, he's showing off the atomic Superman, and they're literally like just babies. Like they're literally in diapers. Uh-huh. They're also in a cage. <laughs> yes, which brings up some questions there are concerns there are yeah. concerns. questions concerns comments Thoughts. we have them all <laughs> so the professor designed them all <laughs> so he he's like well okay what i need you what i need the crew to do is to go off to the tempest nebula to collect chronotons in order to Artificially age up the atomic supermen into adults who are actually atomic supermen instead of atomic superboys.
0: Aren't those the particles that destroyed entire? Good news, everyone.
1: (laughs) I knew it was coming. It's 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 so good good because like usually the professor lets them finish the like. Well, that sounds really but like Bender doesn't even get to finish his. (laughs) comment about how it destroyed an entire civilization and yeah the professor is like good news everyone is very good
0: uh so they go to the nebula uh and they collect the chronotons. um leela is plucking each one with a, what looks to be some kind of tweezers and when she plucks them it it kind of leaves a hole that kind of looks like a wound
1: and it kind of grows a little bit i was thinking more like a cigarette burn like if you if you put a cigarette on like a napkin or something like it, okay, it sure. has that sort of burn um or like cloth or cheap hotel rooms that i've had to stay at for traveling for work one time g- g- all good images to have look i'm just glad that i came out of that hotel room without any extra diseases let me put it hey. that
0: way. i can
1: see the banner <laughs> in your apartment now no additional
0: diseases
1: <laughs> Yep, um, I, I'm sure you've been wondering about that since it's been hanging up since yeah. we started this podcast, In and fact, are I'm... just now bringing it to any attention whatsoever. In
0: fact, I remember rolling it up from your old studio to the new studio, uh-huh. and like hanging hanging it up myself. I didn't ask a question
1: then. Look, that's a banner you don't really want to ask questions about. Let's be honest. Uh,
0: yeah, I didn't. That's the reason I didn't ask any questions about it. To
1: be honest. so about that banner like there's no there's no good way to start this conversation Mm -hmm.
0: there's a there's a lot of questions i have but i think i'll uh i'll
1: wait for post podcast okay is it weird that i really want to print up a no additional diseases banner now?
0: (laughs) i mean it's a choice i i I wonder how people coming to your apartment uh, uh for reasons would react to that
1: so uh yes they they go and collect these <laughs> chronitons yeah. and um it is interesting to me that leela is because she's picking them out with the tweezers and mm-hmm. hers are the only ones that leave any of these sort of that is churn marks like benders just eating them up and spitting them into a jar um And it doesn't have that same sort of effect. That is true. I don't think Fry is actively doing anything. He's mostly spending the time trying to flirt with Mm Leela by expanding his head in the vacuum of space, which is exactly what ladies Uh want.
0: Well, Leela does say, it's good to know that your face can take a lot of torture. (laughs) I'll note that down. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, she she shuts down any of the flirting attempts by telling him to cool his jets. No, really cool your jets. It's melting Bender's his face.
1: And it's then it's such cu- a dumb joke.
0: And it cuts to a wider shot of Bender just l- like basically floating in space having his face burnt off and like flailing. It's so dumb.
1: It's very dumb. Is maybe one of the w- dumbest jokes in all of Futurama. <laughs> like I don't know. It's just it's weird and dumb. So they go back to Planet Express with a big old jar full of chronitons. Uh And meanwhile, the Globetrotters had gone on TV to uh, make a press conference <laughs> that Professor Farnsworth is a jive sucker.
0: <laughs> How can you even <laughs> respond to such an accusation?
1: Right? I mean... Look, if the oh, globe trotters call me a jive sucker, I'm probably a jive sucker.
0: Well, that it's it's a press conference, so all the press <laughs> of the world was there because uh-huh. they're covering this
1: breathlessly. I'm sure. Oh yeah, no, like I said, the the stakes are high. Like we may lose at a basketball game.
0: Exactly, the whole earth. Mm-hmm. So they so the professor grabs the chronotrons and kind of puts like a a. a, a <laughs> Like a hamster drinking.
1: Yeah, it's like a a hamster water bottle with the little like nozzle. Yeah,
0: and puts it in the cage, and the the little baby mutants kind of come over and get a little bit of it, and then immediately are growing up into these giant mutant men. One with the ability, one very tall one with the ability to grow, one with five arms, Uh, one with a cannon in his chest, one is a literal spider. (laughs) And the last one has some kind of like mind powers and green eyes, like fully green eyes.
1: Well, he he at one point later uh, shoots lasers out of his oh, eyes. Oh, that's true. So, yeah, right. uh, yeah pretty uh, standard crew of mutants. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure based entirely on the X Men. You know.
0: Yeah, I remember the the Pro, spider character in the X Men. I,
1: I definitely remember uh, Professor Xavier has a cannon in his chest. So and there was Man Spider. Yeah, good old Man Spider. Like he was voiced by Kelsey Grammer in that in the movie.
0: <laughs> I was not ready for that. I was not ready for that one.
1: Wow. I mean, just imagine, just imagine Kelsey Grammer saying spider things like, like what kind of spider things? This is where it'd really pay off if I could do a Kelsey Grammer (laughs) impersonation, but just like, I built a web in the corner, Niles, (laughs) it's spot on, Uh uh-huh, Yep. (laughs) something about coffee in Seattle. (laughs)
0: Tossed salad, and scrambled eggs. Where's
1: Daphne with my toss salad and scrambled eggs? I don't know what to do with them. They're calling again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to the Frasier Fancast,
1: where we talk mostly about Frasier, but sometimes about future drama, And sometimes about how that one episode of Frasier where he was a spider and with the X-Men. <laughs> Or this may have been a fever dream I had one time. I I can't tell the difference. No,
0: I think it was preempted by some sports events and actually never got shown.
1: Ah, yes. The famous lost episode of (laughs) Frasier. The lost
0: episode.
1: (laughs) They're calling again. So wow where was i um
0: uh so the the mutant <laughs> supermen are now mutant supermen and uh that we go directly to Madison cube garden where marv albert a famous uh
1: announcer is announcing the game okay yeah i had no idea who that was but i i assumed it was yeah. a guy that sports people now mm-hmm. he's very he's very good at basketball
0: announcing i think he also does uh football announcing as well so he's very good at it uh the Globetrotters play like they generally do, kind of being jesters and doing all sorts of crazy stuff all over the place. But
1: but
0: when when Zoidberg laughs at the, the antics, uh, <laughs> the bubblegum Tate literally stops the game to and ask who laughed.
1: We are not here to for your enjoyment. Well, unlike the entire the entire crowd even notices Zoidberg is laughing and the stadium goes silent. <laughs> like there's a quick gasp and then everybody in the stadium is stone cold silent because how dare you laugh at the Harlem Globetrotters. I
0: like the only one that doesn't know is Zoidberg Mm-hmm. because <laughs> he just doesn't have that reference. Fry, who in the 2000s, it was fun to laugh at the Zo- Globetrotters because that's what they're for and um, no laughter whatsoever mm-hmm. it's very interesting to me that zoidberg is the one that makes the transgression here
1: uh so we we get a good uh montage of sort of the first half of the basketball game. I almost said baseball because I Oop. clearly know sports well, <laughs> so very good, so we get a good montage of this and like it's full of crazy things like uh the one- the stretchy one whose name is Grotriant, <laughs>
0: oh goodness.
1: Um, he like reaches across halfway across the court, grabs the ball seconds before it goes in the hoop. Just, which is goaltending, which I'm surprised they didn't call. I mean, Bubblegum Tate literally says, "What game were the refs watching at the half?" That's so, fair. You know, maybe he's got a point. He does. Uh, but so he grabs it from the the other basket and then just um without moving dunks it into the other basket <laughs> um, and like how do you defend against that my favorite part of this basketball scene is that uh, the uh, one with the cannon in his chest uh, whose name I wrote down but can't seem to find in my notes uh, it's in there somewhere he shoots the the basketball out of the cannon and then the announcer is like he's really showing us what a man with a cannon in his chest can do <laughs>
0: it's very good uh after that he kind of showboats as he's running down the court and the professor is like no showboating and grabs the chair a la bob (laughs) knight and throws it but it doesn't go
1: very far because he's a very weak man um throwing the chair is a reference even i understand there you go what i'd like to applaud you about knowing a sports thing um so yeah it's 48 to 42 supermen at the half which the announcer points out, surprisingly dull so far. I, <laughs> Based on what we've seen, I have to disagree. During halftime, uh, they're interviewing Bubblegum Tate, and he's like, it was always our plan to trail at the half, thus, worsening Earth's inevitable shame, or whata- whatever sure, he yeah. words it as. And that's when he's like, Also, what game were the refs watching? Which, again, like he might be onto something with that goaltending. He very well might be.
0: Um, And then we go to the second half. Um, And during the second half, time starts being weird and seems to be skipping.
1: Mm -hmm. So, like, they will be in the middle of something, and then all of a sudden, they're in the middle of something else, uh, which is a good comic effect when. Uh, It skips, and suddenly one of the mutants is mid-jump up to the basket and then just hits the backboard. It's a good joke. Um, I really like these time skips a lot because I'm a fan of smash cuts to things. Yeah. And like the entire rest of this episode is just just going to be smash cut to jokes. So um, it's going to be good.
0: Yeah. Uh, The professor asks if he just had a bit of a stroke because he didn't know if it was a time skip or if he had a bit of a stroke. Um, However, he regains his uh, understanding of the situation to determine that it was the time particles that's doing it.
1: Uh, This is all, like, during a timeout. Um, Yeah. And so the guy with the cannon in his chest, like is so surprised. Yeah. And like it's almost a half sneeze, like just ha- kind of how he looks and then all of a sudden he shoots a basketball out of his chest and crushes the spider, probably played by Kelsey Grammer, but probably not. Possibly. Who knows? Possibly. It who knows. Um just shoots the spider and the spider turns into like goo all over the whiteboard. And the professor's like on top of it now we're a man down. And then Fry's like, ooh, 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 put me in. I want to show Leela my skills. And then the professor gets to say one of my favorite professor lines of all time, uh, which is another one that I say in real life quite a bit. Uh, Will said skills pay the bills? <laughs> I just love it so much. It's very good. Um, and then Fry
0: responds, well, we're up 35 with two minutes left, so I don't know what could go wrong. And then immediately the time scale Smash cut. And and they lose two hundred and forty
1: four to eighty (laughs) six. See, that's what I'm saying. I love I love these smash cut thing because like we all want to know what happened in that two minutes. Like (laughs) But yeah, somehow just think about all the dunks. Despite the fact that the Mutant team still has four Mutants on their team, mm-hmm. plus Fry. Somehow... Well, Fry is clearly the weak link. Yeah, but 244 to 86 weak link? Like, that's impressive. I, I mean,
0: basically, it sounds like the Spider was keeping everything together. Kelsey Grammer's Spider is very
1: good. Regardless, it is a dark day for humanity. We have been beaten in basketball.
0: We must rebuild
1: hopefully um so the professor is currently more interested in trying to figure out what's going on with these time skips Uh, i mean you know one in the one in one hand one in the other and that's when bubblegum tate comes over and starts talking to the professor and then he points out that he is the senior lecturer in physics at globetrotter U.
0: Yeah, and he also says that this wing-wing-wing-dang-doodle could destroy the matrix of reality.
1: So they start working on some plans for trying to fix mm-hmm. this, and then somebody comes up and is like, hey, I'm going to need you to clear out now because this, the circus is setting up for tomorrow, and then Smash Cut
0: 2. So <laughs> them all standing at the circus <laughs> and being chased by elephants.
1: Which I do have one small problem with because the entire rest of the episode, everybody acts normal during yeah, uh, the time skips. For some reason during this one skip, they're all standing around for overnight. Like the circus is there and set up and they're all still standing there. I would argue that they're debating how to solve this problem. While an entire circus is being set up around you, you can't go back to Planet Express for that. All I'm saying is sometimes
0: when you get in that zone of I got to solve this problem, everything else kind of washes away and you're trying to solve that problem.
1: You just tunnel vision until you're being chased by elephants. It's true.
0: Um, I do want to point out a line that is said uh, by the professor in this. By Tuesday, it'll be Thursday. By Wednesday, it'll be August. And by Thursday, it will be the end of existence as we know it.
1: True. So they don't have a whole lot of time. No, not really. Um, but also simultaneously, they have a lot of time because time still acts normal between the time skips. It's all. It's very weird and confusing. <laughs> yes. Let us try to continue to decipher this. So, back at Planet Express, uh, <laughs> they're watching TV, and then like, so this part sort of sets the tone for the entire rest of the episode. Yeah. Where it's just like these weird plot convenient. Time skips where they're like uh, they're watching the news and, and they're like time continues to skip forward randomly. Details at eleven, it skips. This is the news at eleven, and then it skips. Turning to entertainment news, teen sensation Wendy skips won three Grammys. Skips found dead in her bathtub. <laughs> like the rise and fall. There's, oh, I'm. I mean, I could go on ad nauseum, and I won't. But just about how much I love these skips. They're so good. I think you might be foreshadowing grades a little bit. Um, I mean, we could just time skip now and go directly to grades. I think we shouldn't. That would be a pretty funny gag though. If suddenly we just went to grades and then the episode (laughs) ended. (laughs) Okay. A little bit of meta humor right there. I, I do
0: like that. Um, so there's kind of an entire subplot that I don't, have uh much to discuss about but bender is actively trying to be a (laughs) globetrotter in some way or fashion as maybe even a hanger on just like trying
1: like for whatever reason well i mean bender does this a lot where he's like he has his idols i mean there's elzar uh, there's the globetrotters uh, probably some other ones. I'd like the robot mafia for some yeah. reason. Like he's got his idols and he's just obsessed with them. So mm. the globe trotters is another one of these idols. And so also for the rest of the episode, he's like, Hey, can I be a, come a uh, can I become a globe trotter? And he's trying to like sell himself as like, Oh, I can, you know, uh, grow real tall or like, I made know, my own uniform. Yeah. Um, I do actually really like the B plot in this as well because it's fun and Bender is yeah. trying to be a basketball player, which is great.
0: Yeah, it's goofy, but it doesn't, you know, it just kind of is there, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have much consequence to anything else, really.
1: So this is where we find out that uh, everybody behaves normally during the time skips, but then nobody has any memory of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so suddenly you'll just find yourself doing something else entirely and you won't know how you got there which that sounds kind of terrifying to me a little me. bit
0: you know like jumping to the hoop and then you'll be like where am i right.
1: oh no i've run into the hoop and then uh so they're trying to figure out how to stop these and then hermes of all people is like i'm no physicist but i think i know how to stop these time skips and then it immediately it, it jumps to he's playing the steel drums and everybody else is involved in a naked conga line. <laughs> I, I really love Herbie's like almost looking to the camera. I'm like,
0: I don't know how this was supposed to work.
1: I do. <laughs> I do really want to know what logic he had behind this because clearly he doesn't even know what the logic was, but just somehow doing a naked conga line. To some steel drums. We'll solve scientific problems. It's worth a shot. I mean, what's the harm?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, everybody's going to have a good time with a naked conga. If it fixes everything, perfect. If it doesn't, we're still
1: having a good time. Yeah, we still had a naked conga line. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of fun, I guess. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Although. Uh, oh. I mean mm-hmm. next time life throws problems at me when life gives you lemons, you have a naked conga line.
0: There you go. That's that's a way to keep on the look on the bright side. The naked conga side, I guess.
1: Always look on the naked conga side of life.
0: <laughs> that's what they whistle about. Amy is kinda worried that time will skip right past her birthday, but time skips to her birthday where she's sitting with all of her friends at work and has a lot of presents and a nice cake. Uh, Zoidberg says, I hope we have as much fun at, at my birthday. And it cu- cuts to his, or time skips to his, and he's by himself with one <laughs> single solitary cupcake.
1: Mm-hmm. It's very Zoidberg. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Fry sets up a uh, what he declares a time-proof shelter uh, for him and Leela that I didn't really know how to describe it, so I wrote in my notes uh, that it looks like a sex cove. I don't yeah, really know what okay. a sex cove is, but that's what I wrote. So, uh, but it's got like black lights and candles and like there's uh, a tiger poster on the wall. Uh-huh. It's there's a lot going on. Yeah, sex cove.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when you get the, when you get the terminology just right, it feels good. Um, Leela asks, "Well, how how is this time proof?" And Fry's like, when you're in here, time will stand still. Uh time then skips and he has a black eye and says, ow. It's it's oh, pretty good. I'm
1: never gonna get tired of these smash cuts. So then Leela goes to talk to Zoidberg, who I would like to point out Zoidberg is sitting there eating chess pieces for some reason. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of like it looks like
0: he's it looks like he's playing chess. He's like, I'm not sure where I'm gonna move. And he grabs one and then starts eating it.
1: Which is just a weird, such a weird, random throwaway Zoidberg moment, but I love it. It's, it's terrific. It's very good.
0: Um Leela comes in and asks to, to talk about Fry with him, Um and then time skips, and Leela is complaining about his W.C. Fields impression <laughs> while Zoidberg is ignoring
1: her and watching television. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, you must have been boring me, because again- <laughs> nobody has any idea what they did during these time skips so like just that like oh you must have been boring me like you don't know if she was boring you but
0: i mean it context clues Mm -hmm. um there's also the question about how fry how we know about fry's wc fields impression
1: i mean i don't know theories I mean, I've already done a bad Kelsey grammar impersonation, <laughs> <Fair>. so
0: <laughs> Okay, that's okay. You good argument.
1: You know, it, do you really need a reason that's a good to point. do bad impressions? It is weird that this is like one of her main highlights in yes. why Fry is not dating material though.
0: We also don't know how long the time skip is. It could have been a long time and this is just at the very end.
1: But now I'm considering maybe I should edit out that part about me doing a Kelsey Grammer impersonation in case my girlfriend breaks up with me over <laughs> it. <laughs> because apparently this is an important thing to women. So.
0: Oh, man. Uh, She's just
1: going to listen to it and then be like. How could you even? She'll break up with me over text like it's <laughs> yeah. that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um
0: uh, it'll be weird at the next D game uh zoidberg tells her that you wouldn't sh- she wouldn't want to end up old and alone like zoidberg and starts crying and then immediately snaps back mm-hmm. he's he's tremendous
1: uh so in the professor's lab uh he has come to the realization that when the crew removed the chronotons, it destabilized the nebula. And so now it's spewing out time particles. Mm-hmm. Which is, they use the smell scope to find it, and boy howdy, there's a funk. And then Bender's like, ooh, 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 <laughs> have bubblegum tell it. And then so he's throwing basketballs at Bender and just making dents and being like, oh, these are the time skips. And then Bender's <laughs> like, you're so smart. Because, again, Bender has this weird case of hero worship. It's true. They say never to meet your heroes, but Bender is just like, oh, they can be crappy to me all they want, and I'm still going to just, like, adore them for as long as time goes on, which is, it turns out, not very much longer because of this whole time skip phenomenon.
0: I will say that, you know, he was kind of, he was very excited by Beck, but he wasn't Beck didn't really walk all over him like like Bubblegum is.
1: Well, I think Beck more represented Bender's ideal of like he wants to be a musician poet who transcends genres even as he reinvents them, Mm -hmm. just like Beck, whereas Beck is not necessarily... An idol of his i see um where bubblegum tate
0: is an idol
1: yeah like yes he does want to be a globetrotter but also like he idolizes the man not just the position gotcha
0: okay mm-hmm. good discussion that was a good uh analytical discussion of this television show that we most of the time do not analyze
1: right i mean most of the time i'm making bad kelsey grammar impersonations and then we repeat jokes from the show that we just watched so good times <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. The podcast that we do. At this point, I'd like to thank each and every one of you listening for <laughs> listening to this podcast for some reason.
0: For some reason. For some reason. <laughs> uh, Bubblegum suggests moving a cluster of stars to a new algebraic coordinate uh, to be able to divert the chronotons to the empty side of the universe.
1: But yeah, moving that many stars would require one badass gravity pump, and we'd require all the money on Earth... And then it cuts to (laughs) they're standing in President Nixon's office with a... uh, uh,
0: A badass gravity
1: pump proposal. Yeah, like that's literally what it's called. And then the giant check from Nixon that's uh, under money, under the cash amount, it just says all. (laughs) Uh, Nixon asks how long it'll take. Uh, I mean, something like this could take months to... And then it's done. Like, not only not only is it funny to me, but it's also just a great way to move a story along. Where you can just be like, "Oh yeah, no, they did it."
0: Yeah, and,
1: and now to start the arduous process of putting on the ship. Well, off you go, apparently. <laughs> I like that for off you go. Apparently, it's uh. <laughs> it's just it.
0: You're right. The time skips do
1: help everything in this episode. Oh yeah, that. it's oh it's so good. Um, so. They are moving stars uh, around this nebula, sort Mm -hmm. of like a a circle around it to try to keep all these particles in. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's at this point that Bender shows Tate his uh, Globetrotter costume, which is very poorly made. Oh,
0: very poorly. Like the tank top has... It's tied up at the shoulders.
1: To celebrate having moved all of the stars around... Mm -hmm. uh, Fry is like you're an amazing captain, and nobody tells you that enough. And uh, so he pops open some moderately priced, non-vintage, domestic champagne, which is apparently Leela's favorite. Hey, I mean, you, you Leela's not fancy. She started the Orphanarium. I mean, to be fair, like I like a lot of wines that are domestic, non-vintage, moderately priced wines. Like, sure. yeah. It is just weird that like that's that's her like specific thing. Yeah, that's true. Like she's shocked at how well Fry nailed this. <laughs> that's that's the interest. It's not. I'm not confused by the fact that she really loves this. I'm confused by the fact that she's so amazed that Fry nailed it with that.
0: I I, I think if you reread the line as being like, oh,
1: I didn't know Fry knew champagne existed. Maybe. Didn't make sense. Uh, Fry also, at this point, shows that the real surprise, uh, well, I should back up, Uh, Fry gets turned down, basically, because he kind of starts hitting on her again, and Bubblegum is like, man, you need to 86 the chump stuff and like do a big grand showy thing, and then Fry's like, okay, yeah, no, I'll show her the real surprise turns out he's been learning how to uh, pilot the ship Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and he's actually doing a good job like Lila's actually really impressed Um, and he's also learned how to work the gravity pump in case they need to move more stars and then she starts shooting him down again and she's like there's absolutely no way no perfect amazing thing you can do that will ever and it cuts to them at their wedding (laughs) Time skip, and even in his formal shorts, Bubblegum Tate still feels like a failure. Well, because
0: the time skips are still happening. Also, time skips again, and then Fry just has all of the flowers and it stuffed down his throat. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Um, uh, Leela doesn't doesn't know how what made her agree to this, so she just kind of accuses him of tricking her in some way.
1: Was it drugs or hypnosis? But drugs are for losers, and hypnosis is for losers with big, weird eyebrows.
0: <laughs> big, weird eyebrows.
1: But, you know, I, Fry thinks that they can make it work, and Skips, to them at the, the divorce being finalized, and then they're splitting up the fancy china, which is <laughs> NFL <laughs> plates.
0: Lila says, I'll, I guess I'll get the NFC, and you can have the AFC. Uh huh. Just tremendous. <laughs> <So dumb. laughs> it's it's just so good. Um, so sorry, I'm still laughing at that. The helmet plate. No, that's legit. As
1: their China, it's, uh, it's their fancy China. It's yeah,
0: fancy China. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so back at Planet Express, uh, Zoidberg is telling him Fry that that Fry still has Zoidberg. You all have
1: Zoidberg. Back up in the lab, uh, they figure out that diverting chronotons is actually mathematically impossible. That globe-trotter algebra was all showboating.
0: <laughs> just love the idea that algebra can showboat.
1: Yeah, showboating algebra. Like, why not? I don't. I don't think there's anything weird about that.
0: I just think it's funny, is all.
1: I mean, what do you think um, Pythagoras was doing with that theorem of his? He was trying to get the ladies. Well, that's true. With the, Or with avoiding some, beans. I can't remember. With some showboating algebra. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Hypotenuse? Oh, yeah. Nice. I can yeah. <laughs> calculate the s- size of that side. Oh, man. Ladies oh, love yeah. triangles. Ladies love triangles. That's why they call me triangle man. I wasn't hit on the head with a frying pan. That's
0: for sure. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) What do
1: we even do in this show? I don't know. Make fools of us all. Like time.
0: Yeah. Fools of us. And then we tried our best to make fools of the audience for spending time on us.
1: We love you very much. Just to be clear. They pull in all of the finest scientific minds in the universe, which is the rest of the Globetrotters <laughs> yes. team. And they figure out that the best way to handle this is not to make an explosion or to use gravity to wrangle in the chronotons with stars, just implode it and make a black hole so it sucks all mm. of the chronotons into the black hole. So, in order to make this happen, they're going to need some sort of doomsday device. Uh, Farnsworth hits
0: a button and all of his doomsday devices come out and he's like, I guess I can spare one and still be feared.
1: And at this point, Bubblegum Tate is so excited that they've figured this out that he makes the professor and then also everybody in the room at this current moment, honorary Globetrotters. And and I believe that includes Hermes, Amy and Zoeyberg. Am I right on that? I think so. I don't. All I know is Bender's not in there. Definitely not Bender. Because he rushes in the room and then Tate's like, too late, Hot Plate. And Bender gets sad.
0: Yeah. Uh, They put the doomsday device into the ship, and then the Globetrotters leave for other important matters.
1: (laughs) And they march off, looking very serious, dribbling basketballs.
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, Bender and uh, Bubblegum Tate talk for a little (laughs) bit longer, and Bender is deemed not funky enough for the Globetrotters, Mm -hmm. even though he can... He can
1: dribble the ball and get tall. But w- perhaps with enough time, my funk level could y- like, yeah, it's good. And <laughs> then he's like, no, you're right. I'm not funky enough. Um, so they go to, uh, they fly off to the nebula to do this implosion thing. And, um, Bender is really, really sad. Cause he's like, man, I'll uh, I'll never be a globe trotter, my life, and by extension, everyone else is meaningless, <laughs> but maybe like blowing this whole nebula to hell will make him feel at least a little better
0: true um Fry apologizes to Leela uh for everything that's happened so far, and uh Leela says, you know we'll always be friends, right um and then Fry realizes there's nothing he can do to make her feel the way that he feels about her,
1: mhm is.
0: One of those patented Futurama make you feel bad moments.
1: Speaking of making you feel bad, like Bender's like, man, I, I get it, man. I know what it's like to never live your dream. And he walks off slowly and sadly whistling the Globetrotters song, Um <laughs> which I had a roommate many years ago. Who's like, man, only Futurama could make that song sad, <laughs> which is true. Like he's absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. So, and as a sort of act of peace, Leela is like, actually, I'll go prep the detonator. Fry, why don't you take the ship out? Um, and Fry's like, man, I can almost remember the th- the crazy, amazing thing I did. And as they're flying out, he has rearranged all the stars around this nebula uh, to spell out, I love you, Leela. And he's like, no, no, there it is. And then Leela blows it all to hell. And they come back. He's like, did you see it? Did, and like, see what? The implosion? No, nothing. And then it just ends there with an even slower and like more echoey Globetrotter song, which is like cuts right to the feels. Like, it's so ridiculous. They can make this song sad. It's very good. Um, um, and that is where the episode ends which means it's time for Grades if it's not obvious from how much I was talking about how much I love all the smash cuts and time jumps and all of that I think this is a very 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 funny episode Um, you also get a lot of good Brian Leela moments like it's sort of tension that's been building up slowly over the last three seasons and this is sort of where it finally comes to a head and doesn't really end well for Fry and it has that that sad feelings and also I love the Globetrotters in this like because this is the first time they come back in other Mm -hmm. episodes too but this is the first time we actually get like the Globetrotter home world mythos (laughs) and uh, there's just so much to love about this episode, and uh, I'm going to maybe blow your mind here. I think that this is probably my favorite episode of Futurama.
0: I mean, I hard to disagree. Uh,
1: so A+, definitely from me, like, it has everything I love in Futurama. It's got a ton of great jokes, good character development, good sad parts, good funny parts, everything. I love it um a plus i'm not
0: finding a lot to disagree with you here because it's again just like you said it's very funny it's got a lot of good bits you know the only thing i could say is maybe the bender subplot isn't meaningful at all but it kind of ties into that kind of not feeling like you can do enough so i guess it's 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 not completely inconsequential um it's 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 just it is an incredible episode of of Futurama because it it does the funny it does the gut punch at the end sadness it gives you that kind of mystery of like what did happen and then reveals it at the very end I Futurama uses this same blueprint many many times in the future of giving you something really funny and really and then get you right at the end as a gut punch Mm. they are incredibly skilled at doing this over and over and over even even when you know know it's coming you're like oh no oh that hurts so Uh so right in the feels right in the feels uh i i can't disagree with you on the grade it's an a plus absolutely a plus for me
1: fantastic so yeah that's our feelings uh we want to know your feelings on this as well uh so if you want to get in contact with us to talk about how sad the Globetrotter song <laughs> makes you now. Uh we want to hear about that. So you can email us at back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at back to Futurama. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash back to Futurama.
0: And we are also on Apple Podcasts. So search for us, rate us, review us, subscribe, and let's let's try to get up those charts so that other people can enjoy the Kelsey Grammar fancast that we're <laughs> oh, making oh here. God. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. Also, before we go, um, I do have a little bit of news I just want to bring up. I don't usually, uh, promote any sort of things, uh, through this podcast, but next month on November 4th, uh, I'm going to be doing the, uh, Extra Life charity event. So I'm going to be playing video games and streaming it on Twitch for 24 hours, uh, to raise money for children's hospitals uh you can uh, i'll provide more details on um twitter and maybe neptunianmillhouse.com which is a (laughs) real for real domain that we own forgot about that oh i will never forget about it um well you get the bills for it (laughs) so i'll provide some additional details but essentially um if you would like to donate some money to that um that would be very uh wonderful and Fantastic, and if you are maybe not in a in a uh, space where you can donate money, um, it'd still be great if you come out and watch. Uh, like I said, it'll be all streamed on Twitch, so you can uh, hang out with me, like in the chat, and just you know hang out. Uh, the one thing to note is that I, unlike this podcast, I do swear quite a lot on Twitch. Uh, it is not family appropriate. Uh, but if you wanna watch um you know i'll I'll have the link and stuff and I'll also uh remind you guys in in future episodes as the time gets closer uh but I just did just wanna throw that out there so that maybe I can uh, get a couple of extra donations or a couple of people watching so
0: absolutely and it's a good uh good charity a good cause so that, definitely uh seek it out and watch and and he's very funny on twitch and uh I try to be. And it's well, very I, funny when he fails on battletoads.
1: I mean, yeah. If and also maybe if you donate money, I'll do more Kelsey Grammer impersonations on Twitch, or I won't. Maybe I'll maybe I'll hold you blackmail. Well, uh <laughs> yeah. hold you hostage.
0: It, it, there, the level of donation <laughs> leads you to how many
1: Kelsey Grammer <laughs> uh-huh. impersonations he's going to do. Uh, anyways, uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. So uh, until next time, I'm Ben and I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow.